everybody, welcome back into the Letterman Lounge. It is a Monday, the last Monday in February, a glorious day in Columbus, Ohio, and the perfect time to get back into Roosters for a big week for Letterman Live is a fun casual joint, joined by Justin Zwick, Bobby Carpenter. This week we've got Spencer Holbrook in here, and I am Austin Ward. And have you guys recovered yet from the <laughs> cruise? I don't I don't think I have. <clears throat> I'm maybe complicating factors for that. Just or were you guys relieved? I finally, I finally got my name? voice somewhat back. It wasn't as bad as Schlegel's on the boat, but when I got home, it was a little rough. Uh, so that's starting to come back. I'm, my body's more hydrated now than it than it was this time last week. You were so, pretty yeah. committed to the hydration. Class. Well, you know, you, you got to do that. I've been on that boat 13 years, and uh, you just got to hydrate. You, you got to do it at some point because once you start the party, <laughs> that water's gone. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> I mean, you got to find it then later. It's well, tough to find the water. It I mean, is. I can't tell you the amount of times where I've contemplated whether I should or not. It takes 30 seconds because the night that I didn't, it was awful. But I'm just, I mean, I'm drinking the water out of the faucet. I don't, oh, yeah. that, might be, <laughs> that, that might be the water that's drained from the pool. It might know. be why my throat hurts so much because I'm yeah. drinking out of the faucet water. Yeah. But it was that. I'm like, if I, don't, if I don't drink this, I'm going to feel terrible. Right. So can I get seven or eight of these glasses down to just fill me up? The point where I feel like I'm about to vomit right on the fringe, yep. and then I wake up and take a leak for like probably 49 seconds times five. I mean, it's like a two and a half minute leak. Hey, it's crazy. It's, the vodka water with lime is a, is a good friend of the program <laughs> here on this side. Hard liquor on that boat is a mm. bad idea, in my opinion. I, but it keeps you hydrated. Well, you get, the, you get is, there, you uh, still stay hydrated. Uh, until until the, you go off the edge, and then. I like to think it's accurate, though. What about a nice, frosty, old fashioned? That sounds great. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't who doesn't want to yeah, order who doesn't do that? an old-fashioned? In the middle of the ocean. And yeah, you know, it's like 80 degrees. Like, mm. and it's coming in like that nice plastic cup that's yeah. like a dining room, yeah. like a diner. And I'm like, Schlegs, this is the it's grossest so refreshing. thing in the world. What are you talking about? With a paper straw. It's, yeah. it's, it's 1130 on a, on a Sunday morning, yes. and you're giving me an old-fashioned on a pool deck. Uh, let's, let's, let's evaluate where, where we're at in life. Got to go Miami Vice there. That's the only way to go. 100%. Yeah. Jay-Z checked on me on Wednesday morning. He's like, How, did you survive? Like, Nicole's like, are you guys feeling okay? Yeah, well, it would have been nice if I hadn't just followed that up immediately with a <laughs> four-day, five-day golf. Yeah, good. For, I don't know how you're still standing. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. That is pretty. And then your That's birthday. And then you got the birthday today, a big oh, happy yeah, birthday. Yeah, big happy birthday Thank out there to Austin Ward. Appreciate that that's very a, much. That's a good two-week run. I mean, you're on like a Charlie Sheen-style run right now. <laughs> I, I, he's on a heater. He's winning. I, I don't know if I'm winning or not. I, <laughs> he's I, winning, but his, his, his body, body is losing. Is losing and yeah. I... I'm about to enlist Bob's help and get Schlegs up here now that he needs something to do. I got to make some changes, man. It's that run is just that was now that it's that's now, one that, for the, the, ages. now that the sun is out and the the cold light of day. Even on my birthday, it's like <laughs> so bright. Hey, okay, did yeah. I? What did I just do? That was week and crazy, a half was a blur. Crazy run. I was in Texas right before that. I like I can't even remember it. That was a week with my parents. Like. Whew, I need more of these waters. Anyway, uh, while we were gone, Spencer was following what's been going on with Chris Holtman and the Ohio State basketball team. It seemed like we watched the end of one game on yeah. the ship. seemed like everything was trending in the right direction. And then what happened on Sunday, Spencer? I, I, it's really hard to explain, to be honest, because you play Iowa. You don't play very well. You lose at home. You come back. You barely beat Indiana. Should have probably put them away really easily. Let that game slip away. And then you have to go to overtime to win. And then you go to Illinois, and, yeah. you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I went to that game. I drove over there with the impression that Ohio State was going to lose. Wow. That's a terrible drive. That's a, yeah, good it's for a you. Tough, Dedication. That's a tough road environment. That crowd was disgusting and vile and, and very yeah. vulgar to the Buckeyes. Oh, good. That's what I read about. Um, it was it was among the 
I've never heard college students use language like that. And I've, I've been never? around. Some really? Oh, it was bad. I, I'll Come off on. the record. I'll tell you guys some of the stuff there. But no, say it for oh, yeah, this, oh, well, this is a fun <laughs> Listen, I, I edit this thing. I can't be going through and, and beeping. You can out beep everything. yourself. But just hint at it then. Let's. Yeah. It was don't things about things about Chris, Chris Holtman's wife and Ethan Liddell's mother. Yeah, personal. Oh mm. yeah, it was it was pretty. Hopefully they did the research too. Really got there in there. Got, they know and the names. Come out and say, yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal. Where, where you're from. And then the officials got bad, and it got even worse mm. for the Buckeyes on the bench. But they come out with a win, and then you turn around and you go to Maryland. And I knew that that was going to be a tough one. Crab cakes and basketball, right? <laughs> you got to turn around. Sometimes I watched go, that movie over the weekend. <laughs> you got to turn around and go back Nature on the versus. road, and and get you know get refocused after that big win, and it just seemed like they had no. Intentions of playing good basketball yesterday. Well, I think too. I mean, you have to remember that's like their fourth game in eight Absolutely. or nine yeah, that's days. What I, that's what I was going to say. They have three more this week. Three more I mean, in six days. Yeah. So what happens when they cancel rando games in the middle of the yeah. season? Like, oh, we'll just drop them in at the end. That mm. sounds awesome. Yeah, we'll squeeze them in. The Nebraska game made sense because Nebraska caught COVID, or Ohio State caught COVID mm. rather. The Iowa game was when we had. I thought that the one was Nebraska's storm. fault. There was another one that. Well, it was I mean, Nebraska had a couple COVID cases. Ohio State was still battling through a couple things, had a positive test pop up. So you kind of understand putting the Nebraska game in here. But then to move the Iowa game on that postponement and to put it on a Saturday and move the Indiana game to Monday. So you go Saturday, Monday, Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, su- Sunday. is this time of year, though, right? I mean, you have to get the ready. Yeah, ready. Yeah. yeah. And so I think the tired legs caught up with them a little mm-hmm. bit yesterday. Uh, it won't surprise me if you see them try to jump out to an early lead on a bad Nebraska team and, and put them away early, get those guys on the bench, and uh, and get ready for Michigan State. Michigan, the problem is Ohio State's still playing for that double bye in the Big Ten tournament that's going to be so crucial after playing all these games. Mm-hmm. And so you have to finish the regular season strong so you don't have to play on Thursday yes. and get mm-hmm. to Friday. Yeah. That way you only have to win three to win the Big Ten. Get to Indy? <laughs> the road to Indy, the chase. Well, they're gonna road. be there, Bob. They're, yeah, everybody. Goes. Everybody gets to go. <clears throat> but uh, do you, but do you want to be the appetizer? You want to come in as like the second or third course. Absolutely. That's that's the key. And I think the reason that we're gonna talk about Indy as well with the combine later in the show. But the reason I bring up this basketball conversation at least today is because it's it's really interesting to me as the criticism or scrutiny of Chris Holtman dials up. It's all based around what he's gonna be able to do in March and. <clears throat> The track record so far has been mixed. He wins well over half of his games. Yeah. He's been very successful. You don't hear anything about off-the-field issues. He recruits at a decent level. We're talking about a top-25 program. Yep. But we're also not talking about, well, this is a surefire team that's going to make a Sweet 16 or make a run at the Final Four. And It's hard, I think, to figure out, okay, what are the, what is the expectation for this program? Because it's clearly different than football. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's so like, what is it? Because we just know uh, it's just – I think here's the problem. I think people like kind of dabble in it, and then when they think they know how good the team mm-hmm. is, then they jump out, on the bandwagon. Then they throw out the expectation because at the beginning of the season, you said, "Hey, Chris Holtman's going to be." You're hiring Chris Holtman every just about every year, depending on the strength of the Big Ten. He'll have you top four or five in the conference, which is real. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe wins one every now and every couple of years. You know, kind of like that. You know, most year make the tournament just about every year, win a game maybe two. You know, but probably. You know, two out of four years, Sweet 16, okay. But then all of a sudden it's like you see a team like, wow, we just beat Illinois. Like, better make the second round than you lose to Mary. You're like, what the heck is going on? And so I I feel 
like the expectations. It's like the shifting sand. Once you start looking good, you're like Malachi Brandon, this guy's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's one and done. Yeah, and then yeah, he misses four first eight shots last night. And then he looks atrocious yesterday. Like okay, legs look tired. That's part of it. And so, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is just football season gets over. People dive into hoops. Initially, it's like all right, like let's be top top quarter, you know, top third of the Big Ten, and then you know second weekend like that's the typical goal for me when i look at this like you you achieve that that team's successful but then if you look at it you're like well this team might have like final four talent which i don't think they have that this year but they do have the ability to get to the sweet 16 maybe even maybe the elite eight you know depending on how they play it's going to come down to that but um they've got that capability so i think that's what people kind of ebb and flow on like if they don't think there's the talent eh no big deal. Whereas with football, like there's always talent mm-hmm. there. We know that's the case, right. um, and we're not going to give you four years, Jim Knowles, to figure it out. You know it. We know <laughs> it. We're good. So that's, I think, where that delineating point comes, where it's more of Ohio State hoops. It's like, well, do we have the talent? You have to kind of watch it and figure that out. Well, yeah, I think it's more of the college basketball landscape. I mean, you had what one in one through six go down yeah. this weekend. Pretty you know, on the same on the same day, right? So I mean, you have more of that. You know, teams lose. It's all depending on how many guys stay. I mean, a lot of these teams will have four or fifth-year guys just because they're not going to the league, and those teams are really good because they have that experience. Ohio State's a little bit younger. You know, we're kind of – I don't want to say we're relying on that freshman. I know EJ has been playing really well and, and doing good good stuff for the team, and yeah. and they have some good pieces around them, but we need a score. And, you know, and when those shots aren't falling, that's just when, man, it just looks like we don't know what we're doing out there. And, you know, unfortunately, there's been times where you're up big, and then all of a sudden you go through these long spurts of just, man, we can't make a bucket or we can't do anything right. Yeah. And that catches up to them. I was them, hoping so. Maryland was going to go through one of those. Well, <laughs> they, they, well, they didn't. The didn't seem seven, to pop up. The 0 yeah. for 7 finishing yeah. the game. I think one of the issues with the football crowd shifting to basketball and, and carrying those expectations over, and, you know, this isn't really a criticism of the fan base, but just football versus basketball in general. In, co- in college football, there are four or five dominant teams every year. Mm-hmm. You know, you see like a Loyola Chicago make the Final Four in college basketball. Like, college basketball is so random. A Northern Iowa beat one of the best Kansas teams I've ever seen, you know, 10 years ago or so in the second Baylor round of the tournament. Won the national Baylor won a national yeah. championship. A dominant performance. Yeah. Far and away the best team. Like, you, know, you got a college of 2,000 kids in Spokane, Washington that's number yeah. one in the country right now. Like, college basketball. With a dude named Chet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have a good Chet. Mike Holmgren's grandson. If you're going to be an elite basketball program just, gotta have a guy named chet when you carry the expectations from the football program over it's hard to win on the road in a basketball game i think it's harder to win in, on the road in basketball than it is in football because you have five guys and if the shots aren't falling yeah. you re- can't just al- rely on talent to take over mm-hmm. because the talent is shots falling whereas football you know trevon henderson's gonna get loose at some point like of course you could say malachi brandon's gonna hit a shot at some point maybe he's not though it's yeah. that in basketball it's easier to have an off night than it is in football and so you know, you, you get a big win on, at Illinois. Because we don't run the ball in basketball. <laughs> Absolutely. You got to run the ball. got to run the damn ball. Yeah. Bobby Knight would say, your shots, you're going to make them, you're going to miss them, but you can always play good defense. Yeah, right. exactly. Pound the ball inside. And that, Sunday? That's the running game. Listen, not good defense yesterday. Atrocious. Yeah, and so. not great rebounding either. As I watched mm-hmm. Maryland get the rebound, oh, let me kick it out for a three. Right there in the face. That, to yeah, win in March, you got to have two NBA players and you got to have guards. And Ohio State, I think, has two NBA players right now, E.J. Liddell and Malachi Branham. Do they have guards? Uh, yesterday says no. Uh, Thursday says yes. Mm-hmm. So 
it, it's a really a mixed bag right now. And I don't really know the trajectory of this team. I know they should get a double bye in that tournament if they beat Michigan. And they beat should win Nebraska. two of their last three. I think they can win sure. two of their at yeah. least two of their last three. Maybe get over Michigan State, and then go into the Big Ten tournament. And it's so random. That's it why really is because Michigan State had lost six of seven, and then they beat Purdue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes zero sense to anybody out there. That's the Big Michigan Ten. State had been atrocious, like the Big literally for the last basketball. month. I mean, yeah, yeah. Been that, and I'm not trying to. You know, make any sort of sweeping judgment on anyone's do it. Hot take. Yeah, off off of one game. Like I know that it's basketball, this team and is they trash. play thirty of them. <laughs> I don't. I don't think they are. I don't think that they're. They're not treasure either. They're somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. and that's the part that I think is difficult. Like treasure in buried in trash, maybe. Well, there could Ooh. be something hidden in there. One man's trash. Could could Chris Holtman dig that out? And I know your neighbor there. Like he didn't inherit the greatest situation in the world. With, and you have to give him some credit for the way that this program has been built into a stable spot. But I, I'm just – I only just throw it out there because I'm curious, like, what people actually expect from Ohio State basketball because I know – They don't know I what don't, they want. I don't think they expect anything. I think when you get down to this time of year – I mean, last year I felt it was the same way. Like people jumped on the bandwagon because they look like they might do something and then they lose their first game in the that's, tournament. That's it. You know, it's just like nobody pays attention until now because that's really well, that's when the, anybody pays attention – to and basketball anyways, in my opinion. And I suppose that's Chris Holtman's biggest problem right now is that the results in March have not been there, and you're coming and That's when most eyes are on you, yeah. so you, a, you deal a, with it. A team that was supposed to make a run and then suffers a, a historic upset. And that's, you know, I don't think – and the other question is, well, what does Gene Smith, what does the university expect from the basketball program? Because, again, that's definitely not the same as football. We know that it's not that, and I'm not even trying to compare them. I'm just trying to nail down – what is it that you want? Okay, have you ever asked your kid what they want for dinner? <laughs> it's about the same. Well, I mean, it's pretty Chicken consistent. Dinner. Mac and cheese. Yeah, mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah, but like sometimes. I know what you're saying. It's like, what do you? What do we have? What, like, <laughs> I don't know. What can we put in there? What, what would you like? I don't know. And you read off 20 things. <laughs> not, not, none of those sound yeah. good. All right. Well, what would you like? I'm gonna flip it. Instead of giving you multiple choice, we'll you do fill me. in the blank. <laughs> you can't tell me anything you want. And that's there's times like that. Where do you want to eat? I don't know. Well, how about A, B, and C? None of those sound good. Will you tell me? Well, I don't. I can't provide you the answer. I can't describe to you what the expectations are because they shift, they move. Depends on how you feel. <laughs> All right. You know, you watch them beat Illinois. Yes, let's go. Yes, Elite that's eight. the team we're, we're going. Ready to go. Oh, we just look like trash against there, Maryland. Ah, sad dog. For me, the basketball program right now is stuck between with the fan base, they're stuck between get us to spring practice and get us to spring game. Get us because to Greek. Sp- get us to spring practice is, okay, be, o- be okay enough in the regular season where I want to watch, but I don't care. Mm. Get to, get us to the spring game is you better get to the Final Four or we don't want you anymore. And, you know, North Carolina, Duke, those are – North you know, Carolina football, making the Final Four football season. Coach. <laughs> no, no. But football you season. You see how bad they are? Yeah. Football season is get us to December and then I'll watch basketball. This – University and the Alabamas and Clemsons are get us to spring practice and then we'll worry about football again. Well, right now the Where's fan base Auburn coming in at right now. I, well, uh, it, you won't know in ten years because it'll be off the books with Bruce hey, there. Yeah, so, well, Bruce I think Burrow. they still care a lot more about Brian Harson than anything. Oh yeah, absolutely. Going on. And so with Ohio State right now, it's do you want them to get you to spring practice, which is get to the Big Ten tournament, maybe win a couple games get to the NCAA tournament, or do you want them to get you to the spring game in football where you w- get to the Final Four and that's the I want to feel like, good when you, I'm out there on St. Paddy's Day getting drunk, watching my team First win. round of the tournament. First round. So that next – You want them to win that first game. I, first two, so I have something to look forward yeah. to and, like, cocktails and dreams, a hope that mm-hmm. we could, you know, maybe win a game or two and, like, you just still feel involved. You know what it kind of is? It's a little bit 
like wedding crashers. Since, or just, just, yeah, just what? Jay-Z's it's, ready. He's, got ready. He's about to tap you know what, in you know on Pop Culture You know what the Ohio State fan is? The Ohio State fan is the young boy at the wedding when they first get over there. Make me a bicycle clown. clown. All right, like, hey. <laughs> no, you know get what? out of here. Don't care if you know how to do it or not. I will scream. You know what? I'm going to make you a bicycle. But I don't want to make yeah, you a bicycle. Yeah, not because I want to. <laughs> you know, so you're sitting there like, oh, we're making some balloon animals. We're feeling good. You know, we're in top four in the big t- And that's what I'm saying. And you win a couple games. Well, we should be better than this. And now I'm going to be upset that you're not better, even though I didn't care three weeks ago. So, that's, so you run the full gamut the whole time. It's like, just get me there. But then all of a sudden when you're there, you care a whole lot. And so it's – I've tried to explain this to people. It's a dichotomy where, you know, you can fly under the radar. You get to a lot of sweet six like that. Went to four straight sweet you 16s. Hit a hell of a run. And and people, hard it's really do. hard to yeah. do. And people are like, yeah, we feel really good about this. Then they got upset when one of those years you didn't win a national championship or you didn't make a Final Four. And then all of a sudden you start ratcheting back. And you're like, ah, we don't care as much. And then you feel like you should be a little better. Wait a second. When are we dropping down? So there's all this stuff. It, it's like, I mean, dude, it's getting your wife something for Valentine's Day. You told me not to get you anything. Like, well, I know you said that, but I didn't mean it. What, you could have done something. Well, you said we don't do need to do anything. It's it's the shifting expectation of life where you're not really sure exactly who you're competing against and what you're doing. Make me a bicycle clown. That's it's what I want. One of the crazy things to me about that and the expectations and all of that is, you know, I grew up, I was, I like North Carolina basketball. So that's why I said North Carolina. I can't. So, Roy Williams. Yeah, ask him why. So Roy Williams. Do you have at least a good lost, reason? Uh, kind of. We, we'll get into it later. Roy Williams no. never lost a first-run NCAA tournament game until his last NCAA tournament. Every other coach in the history of college basketball that's made the NCAA tournament has lost in the first round. Not until last year with Chris Holtman. So, <laughs> well, yeah. So Chris Holtman then lost in the first made round. Made history. So he joined his that tells history. you, like, Mike Krzyzewski lost in the first <laughs> yeah. round of the NCAA tournament. Eight fifth, fifth, as a 15, John, John Wood, like, these co- – yeah. All of them lose in the first round. So if the expectation is you can never lose in the first or second round, sorry, like that just doesn't happen. Yeah, but those fan bases still aren't happy about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. They get furious yeah. about it and they go crazy. I was at I went to took a visit. I actually was in the Dean Dome and watched it when during the dark time of uh when Brad Do- Doherty. Brad Doherty was the coach yeah. and not great. And bad when I say times. not great, uh, meaning bad. Very bad. So I mean that's what I'm saying, like just don't be bad. Be average to good. And that usually gets you there and give me a little yeah. glimmer of great every now and then. Yeah, make the tournament. Maybe go on a run every other year, and people should be happy. What a big, you, know what, you want a conference tournament? Every, they played, this team last year played Illinois for the conference championship. In right? overtime. In overtime, and they're right there. You know, so it's not like – and then they lose the first round. It's like you were really happy, big expectations, then you get sad. Got everybody there to watch bad. your games, and yeah. ah, dang. I just think that that's why this March is so – I want to be able to sit in on like the second weekend on second a Friday or Saturday get a Thursday night. night. Like, mm-hmm. they, are they still doing that stupid Saturday? Schedule? No, I think they changed. Oh, they went back, back to, to Thursday, back Friday, to normal. Yeah. Okay, thank God for that. Yes, you, that you want to be involved in that. Yeah, Chris Holtman. I think. Look, I don't. He's not done anything that remotely resembles something that should that you would think about firing him. And Gene no. Smith will not do Fire that. Him. But I think it's critical because there is a growing segment. You've got a great recruiting class coming yeah, up. Big, yeah, it's very good. But very you're look, you're just looking dude, right? at this, you know, yeah. five years into it, is there a signature moment? And there really hasn't been one. And I know that yeah. that's not how he should be judged, but I think that's this, basically what it is. Like, but this March he will, I think he will be because he after what happened last year, 
if you don't get to the second weekend, people are going to say, well, is this the best it's ever going to get with Chris Holtman? And that's when the question of what are the expectations becomes a lot more important yeah. to Gene Smith and others. Say, just be good most of the time and give me a little shimmer of greatness. Like, on the like, big you, stage. You hang on. Like, and, that's, and unfortunately for Thad, he never – like Florida was there the year that he had a mm, real yeah. great shot of getting it done mm. early on. Then he gets back to a Final Four and can never ultimately – you know, seal it, but like very good. And the expectation was like, hey, just making the final four, second right. round game. Like they never, never ever lose him before that. But like you said, that memorable moment, moment where you can hang a banner. Yeah, you need those ba like a banner hanging moment. And that, for Holman last year, it may even been just winning the Big Ten championship. If he yeah. wins that, it's like okay. Yeah. Well, we're hanging a banner. Yeah, at this point, at this point in my career, I, we hung a banner. Now let me continue to recruit and get the guys I want in There's here. There's a reason that you hang banners in college basketball for Sweet 16 appearances and Final Fours, and not just because because it is so hard. Because they were talking about eliminating the handshake line. That's yeah. Why. That's yeah. why. It, that's what that's what Michigan's next banner is going to be. Eliminated hey. a handshake line, 2022. You could be, you could be, you could be Georgetown right now. Yeah, would be like oh, yeah. six and 22. Hey. with maybe your most distinguished alumni, which we had the debate on the radio about that this morning. And they're like, who else? I'm like, well, you could put Allen Iverson in there. Yeah. Let him be the head coach. See how we go. Can't be any worse. Hey, it literally might, could I mean, not they, be any worse. Yeah. Or, they or would never it. practice. We know that. So <laughs> it's just the games. Just show coach. Be fresh. You know how great you'd be able you to improve, guys? Yeah. We're <laughs> just, just the games. What's the Georgetown motto? Just the games. <laughs> just, the game. just the games. What are we talking about? Oregon State made the Elite Eight last year mm -hmm. and is 3-25 and 25 this year. So, oh. like, it is – College basketball is. That's something I didn't know. Yeah, that's what nope. Spencer well, yeah, well, yeah. this week to help me. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it, you talk that's about, you know, you make a run one year, and the yeah. next year it could be completely evaporated. They give him a six-year extension. He's 3-25. and 25. So, well, like, it could awesome. be worse, guys. The thing is you want to look to the future, and I guess maybe yesterday was a reset with this, but you get Malachi Brandon, Mr. F basketball in Ohio, St. V, great player. Bring the number down like, from the rafters. Really Go and ahead and get yeah, the 2-2. Two -two. looking good. We're in JJ's number. Mm -hmm. It's all great. And then people are like, yeah, he's going to be great as sophomore. And he like, has three great games. Like, well, maybe he leaves. Mm -hmm. It's like what happened with Russell. It's like if D'Angelo Russell's there for three years, then all of a oh, sudden, gosh. or at least oh. two, well, that yeah. second year, you're a heck of a lot better. And so that's what you're trying to battle where you get good, but you don't really have the result. And then maybe the guy leaves, and you never really got to see mm -hmm. the fruits of any yeah. of that. Well, speaking of the guy going to the lead eight last year, he probably had a bunch of fourth, fifth-year guys on his team. Through COVID or whatever, and then they all leave, and now he's three and twenty-two. So yeah, that's awesome. a lot of games. And you know, Ohio State, I think, fully expected Malachi Branham to be at least a two-year player. Yeah. And so the the trajectory of the program was centered around you get Bruce Thornton in there next year and as, Chris was as a really good missing, combo guard. Those shots last night. Yeah, you get a couple yeah, I know. guys. <laughs> I was watching like hmm, maybe he's not going to leave. Secret after. pump up. Yeah. Get those recruiting. This, and this game isn't in March, so it's not going to hurt. <laughs> Absolutely. February twenty seventh. Absolutely. But you know, you bring that recruiting class in with Branham leading the charge, and you got a really good team next year. Yeah. Well, you know, then he starts playing really well, and you, I'm sure those guys over in the building are, are praying like, please don't leave, because. That that could ruin, not ruin, but but mess up. I guess the trajectory. That's a big piece of a team that he was hoping to have next year. Yeah, yeah. and this year you look at no set multiple downs, twenty point. Yeah, no. No set downs and no justice suing. Justice suing was supposed to be the second best player on the roster. The he most, hasn't played all year. And really, the most consistent piece. And that losing him, like I don't think you can underestimate. Like talking to those guys, like we would have recruited a guy who would have done some of these things. But he's a 10-point a game, 6-7 assist right. guy, 6-7 remake. He did it all, and he could handle the ball. Yeah. And that's where they've really struggled with some of the guard play and some of the production from those positions. We'll see what they get as the calendar turns to March. I know there will be a lot of appetizer Tuesdays. Ooh, do we know what? Uh, oh, it's mac and cheese bites. Mac and cheese They're bites. Back. They're, They're back, back baby. baby. Hey. hey. Now, okay. Burr missed it. 
Uh, Burp, yeah. dude, that's awesome. Snooze, you lose. The day that he chooses to he be hungover. <laughs> is that what the sickness is? I don't think that's what the sickness <laughs> is, but we'll, we can call it that. The Super Bowl wasn't yesterday. So uh, <laughs> mac and cheese bites, they are back. Mm. They are $2. $2 on Tuesday. On Appetizer Tuesday. What's the scouting report on the mac and cheese bites, Bob? Um, it is a delicious crispy shell with mm. the gooey mac and cheese mm. deliciousness inside. So if you ever fries. thought about wanting to eat mac and cheese – but without a utensil, yes, with your hands. not having to yes, like and be a have mess napkins afterwards. and look like a small child. This is the vehicle for you to do it. Perfect vehicle for handheld dining mac and cheese. You can get it tomorrow for two dollars at Roosters. We're going to take a quick break on Letterman Live. It's brought to you by Roosters. It's a fun casual joint. Everybody knows that Roosters is a fun casual joint, but the truth is, it is so much more. It's a quick stop on the way home to sit back and unwind. It's a front row seat to the big game. It's a place where you will always find a friendly face. And the home of wings so big you won't believe it. It's your family's other dinner table. So yeah, we're a lot of things to a lot of people. Roosters, a fun, casual joint. Precision engineering. Rigorous attention to detail. A Bryant Evolution heating system is so well designed, it's as much of a joy to install as it is to use. Good to go. For the dealer nearest you, visit Bryant.com. All right, welcome back in to the Letterman Lounge. It's Letterman Live. It's brought to you by Roosters. It's a fun casual joint. And the NFL Combine mm. begins this week in Indianapolis, and Spencer and I will also be providing some coverage of that. He'll be trying to keep tabs on basketball as well uh, as this week. March run begins. Yeah, what do they play this week? Tuesday, Thursday. Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. then Sunday. Okay, All right. Busy stretch. I'll put it on my calendar. Balancing that out with NFL Combine coverage, and not the biggest group of Buckeyes ever to go over to this event. Normally you look in Ohio State, they're going to be the main eventer. It's going to be them in Alabama with a ton of guys, bunch of draftable dudes it's not the longest list which is a very good sign by the way for what ohio state has returning in 2022 for this week of the developed here how big is the draft cut going to be it's just going to be an average one by ohio state standards but you still have a couple first round draft picks at wide receiver uh, you have nick petit frere and Thayer munford trying to push up there in the first or second round in the offensive line haskell garrett jeremy ruckert trying to push up there people asking questions about you know, their health or the production in the senior year. Tyreek Smith trying to make some noise. It's a, it's still a very attractive class, but it's just not, hey, we send, we're sending 14 guys over there. Have at it. Well, it's not loaded down with like, hey, it's top heavy as well. Yeah, like, yeah we sent seven or eight, but like, there's like four legit first rounders. You know, it's probably the wide receivers, and that's probably it. I mean, is there anyone else that you could see slithering their way? I don't think so. I was going to ask you that, but, you know, Petit Frere, up until maybe the last two weeks of the season, you're thinking, oh, well, that could really be the case. And I saw, I think he goes into this week, and everybody's going to ask, what happened in the big yeah. house? Mm -hmm. Why did you? Both of those guys are going to answer some uncomfortable yeah. questions, especially you know. This week. And Thayer's talked about mm -hmm. the clip of him getting depleted on that one. One of the yeah. you know it sucks to have that out there, man. Every time he watches that, it is in slow motion. Yeah, he's just, just like, oh. There's a clip of that of Jay-Z getting sacked by <laughs> Matt Roth. Matt and Tim Schafer together. <laughs> all 
all the weight went on Justin <laughs> and broke his arm, broke his shoulder. Yeah, he's he's really mm-hmm. reliving yeah. it right. But those, yeah, those there. slow motion cliffs suck. So those, I mean, I think it'll be a hard road for them to get back into that position where their Munford thought you know, he could be the first yeah. offensive lineman off the board at this time a year ago. Uh, that that didn't play out. And Petit Frere, there were people inside the the building down the street who were mildly surprised. I, I guess would be the right way to put it. They thought that. Given the, some of the inconsistency at the end of the year, what happened uh, against Michigan, that maybe he would come back. They didn't even, you know, the opt-out thing certainly took them by surprise. I know that for sure. That was it a chance to, to really yeah, at to, least to right or wrong in a way. If you're going to yeah. come back, if you're going to leave, like, okay, at least yeah. let me get on, some good film my on. last game was a good film session. To make it look like, yeah, to undo yeah. some of those. Because, I mean, Utah, they had a good defensive line. Historically, they're well coached yeah. and play pretty yeah. well. And so it, it's not like you're just steamrolling these guys. And so that would have been a great opportunity to be able to do some of that. Um, you know, it's very interesting. I, I like Nick. You know, he's a great kid. Sharp. Great, great. Elite human being. Ooh, elite. Not good. Elite. elite. He's a really good guy. I let him watch my kids. Yeah. I mean, that's always the threshold. Um, I'd let Damon Arnett probably watch my kids. Well, I mean, you're just needing babysitters just, at this well, point. Damon Arnett likes kids. <laughs> he does like kids. His favorite movie is Hotel Transylvania 3, and I said that's my son's, and he was 10 at the time. So I'm like, that really all makes, it all makes sense. Would they be doing blah, something? Blah, blah, blah. At least if they were doing something bad, they'd be all doing it together. Right. You know? Like, yes. So I, I he mean, wouldn't let anything bad happen. he just throw the movie on, kids. and they're all sit there and – He'd fight for him. I that's, know he would fight, fight for him. Right. Like, we both know, but <laughs> they might also be outside firing a weapon like into, into a tree. Let me show you this. Well, Come on out here, kids. With legs, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. So that's my point. Dudes are likely to shank a guy. Uh, but Nicholas Petit Ferrer, great dude. Won't shank anybody. Probably not going to. He wouldn't, but he would help you with your math homework. Uh, <laughs> smart guy. But, like, his, his deal, like, he was kind of a raw player when he came in. He wasn't very big. So another year of maturation – putting 10 pounds on to where you're not, like, fighting to keep 10 pounds on the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. as you get older, as everybody knows, it's easier to gain and maintain weight. And so I thought that would be a little bit sure up his technique a little bit more because really the thing that was susceptible, he got bull rushed a lot and he'd get out physical. And I think that that was, like, a strength and size thing. It's not a, it's not a desire or a toughness issue. Right. And so coming back, I thought, okay, that'd be great. And so then also the second part of that question is if you come back, does that really going to and get better? How much will that enhance your ceiling? Mm-hmm. And for an offensive tackle, you could be drafted in the top three mm-hmm. or four picks if yeah. you're great at yeah. it. And he has the requisite skills. So you're talking about someone maybe going from pick, I don't know, let's say 25 to 45, going up maybe to pick you know, 10 or 20 or something. 10, 10, and, a, 10 and above. Yeah, even. I mean, like you can yeah. be the, the number one tackle off the board is usually if you're good – you're going in the top five or six picks. It's not like yeah, being sure. a, an elite center. We're like, ah, you know. Yeah. Might not even take yeah, him in the first. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like 20 is like the absolute highest mm-hmm. if it works out well. Like Mangle was great, and he was 31. Yeah. You know. And, and guard, you don't usually do that. Guard, unless you're just an absolute beast like uh, Nelson, Nelson. Yeah. But, like, a lot of times you see four or five tackles go in the first round. Yeah, they the first guys those are the guys who get paid the good money, and they don't mind. And so he would check that box yeah. to be able to, to yeah. do that high ceiling. And I think there's – room for him to grow and to get to that ceiling to be the grower than the shower that's right that you always like to talk about uh-huh. so uh, that was a little bit disappointing and listen i would say the guy if you made the decision there is no wrong decision because nope. it's the right one for you right. you just have to be able to live with the consequences either way you choose to come back and you get your leg eaten off i mean that's just mm-hmm. happens you choose to leave and you get drafted lower than you thought okay well that happens too so i mean there's just there's bad things you can never be sure on it either way but i just I thought that there was enough upside to justify it. 
think it's going to be interesting for Ohio State because usually we see those graphics that have, you know, this is how many Ohio State players were taken versus the rest of the Big Ten. Well, that's not going to be the case this year. You know, Penn State's got a lot of guys in this draft. Michigan has a lot of guys in this draft, Michigan State. So, like, Ohio State might be third or fourth in the Big Ten and players picked. I think you could see five Buckeyes in the first 100 picks, and then it will go to two the rest of the draft mm -hmm. just because of the way this is. You know, we think Olave, Rascal, Haskell, Rascal. I mean, I've heard him sliding a little bit I think here. it's Olave Wilson, then Petit Frere, Tyreek Smith and Jeremy Rucker. Rucker, I was going to say. Because I think Tyreek be Smith one. will test so well that he'll sneak up into that third and fourth round. And also – He played better at the end of the season, I thought. And also, Jonathan Cooper was a seventh-round pick, and he was the high, one of the highest-rated rookie defensive ends in the league mm -hmm. this year. So – Developed here. It, and that's exactly well, that's right. The, yeah. Larry has the reputation where if you have a guy with freak athleticism like Tyreek's going to show this week, if he, you know, if he decides to test or at the pro day, whatever – Somebody's gonna take, gonna want that on their roster in those first three rounds of the lockup. But I'll take you, I'll take you one step further. Ooh. I think NFL teams see what has come out of Ohio State. I don't think it has to do with Larry Johnson. I think it has to do with Ohio State as, yeah. as a total. Karate, yeah. yeah, I mean they see these guys coming to the league and make impact right away. Right, uh, Terry McLaurin. You know, he's all of a sudden two years in, he's a captain of their team. I mean, it's just the people they're getting in their organization, the players they're getting on the field, the leadership that comes with them, which seems like the guys from Ohio State all have. And I think that's a bigger thing. For all these guys, if you're looking at all right, Jeremy Ruckert or another tight end, man, I want to go with this guy from Ohio State because these Ohio State guys are taking over the league right now, and and we want them on our squad. Top two tight ends right now, according to most of those draft experts, are Jeremy Ruckert and Trey McBride. Trey McBride's from Colorado State, so it's like okay, he's really uh, yeah. Danny <laughs> McBride. He's re he's really talented, but. When, yeah. when it comes to, you know, you rely on your training when talent's equated, do you want the guy from Ohio State who's mm. played, you know, some elite competition, or do you want a guy from Colorado State? Yeah. Did he win the bronze boot last year? Uh, no, no, <laughs> I don't think so. The year before. Oh, ouch. <laughs> the, gold, I think the golden boot? The bronze, bronze boot. Oh. Bronze. The boot is bronze. I didn't realize. Is that So hold up. Can it's you win both the golden boot and the bronze boot? No, that's impossible. Are you sure? Uh, well, <laughs> we'll have a different conversation about that. It's a boot time. It is a boot time. Um, Haskell, you brought that up, Bob. He's in an interesting spot. And I think a lot of what happens in Indy has changed over the years. And recently, our experiences have been there. Well, like, is Garrett Wilson going to run the 40? Probably not. Does he need to do anything? A lot of the, there is a lot of guys who have started running there again. Like, there has been that shift get, back. You get two shots at it if you mm -hmm. need it. Like, I, those top guys don't need it. And then Haskell Garrett coming off of an injury, like the medical – interviews yeah. or examinations are way more important for him than anything else he could do. He he had to sit out the Rose Bowl, you know, got hurt late in the year, was playing through it for really half of the season, was still pretty productive. But, you know, the tape against Michigan again is going to come up for him. All these guys really, I mean, that's that's what they're going to get asked about a lot in the meetings. But the health evaluations for him because of that, because uh, of getting another sort of setback at the Senior Bowl, that's – when you're talking about him sliding it, I think it's all because he hasn't been able to ever stay healthy. call that the Coolio, the fantastic voyage. The Coolio, fantastic voyage. Um, slide, slide. Slippity slide. Slippity slide. But if you get a healthy Haskell Garrett, that's the part where you're trying to figure out and balance with what Jay-Z's saying. Do you know that they're produced um, at a high level by Ohio State? That you know that the strength program is going to have them physically ready? And you put on the tape in the All-American season two years ago, I, everyone's going to want that part. So th that's the de that's the balancing act. That's why it's hard to figure, well, where do you slot Jeremy Ruckert? 
Where will Haskell get? Well, you, you, you dealt with an injury going into the draft, right? I mean, how much of your interview process, oh, God. you know, stuff like that was about your injury it or made me go back other things the, that had happened to you throughout your college career, right? It made me go back for the recheck. And I'm like, it's a broken ankle. It's a broken bone. <laughs> I'm like, it's not like I've got some sort of shoulder issue or a mm-hmm. back or this or that. I'm like, and I did everything. I almost told my agent no. He's like, that's not that's not, <laughs> not an option. That's he not, goes, that's, that's not like, the smart play. Like, it's not, not advisable. Like, why am I? I literally drove back there to walk in, and the guy's like, let's take an X-ray. I'm like, oh, it's healed now. Great. I'm not going to send you this. I mean. Yeah. You'd have had some sort of chain of custody to make sure I didn't fake have a, a rogue person <laughs> yeah, taking fake like, X-ray. Hey, but hey, you got a good ankle. Your, <laughs> yeah. I need to borrow your ankle. Yeah, you got a good ankle. I need an X-ray of it. That's insane. Come over here, Schlegs. Stick your finger <laughs> foot in here. Schlegs' right. ankle, I imagine, looks <laughs> way worse than Bobby's <laughs> ankle. Then they got worried. Now they, AJ, I need you. Yeah. yeah. They're like, "What are you? 35? But you we just were, graduated college. Yeah. yeah. It was Schlegels' ankle. Exactly. <laughs> oh, a lot of age in our here. You look 10 years older than you said. Is that correct? Um. But like, you go to go back for the rechecks and stuff and it's they'll lean on him and he'll, he might be healthy enough or if he can do everything then that might be not be an issue I, I i feel like there has been you know an emphasis pushed away from you know teams judging so much off of workouts now and leaning back more because i think they realize they've had more success being able to draft guys off film do what you do with your pads on in an actual yeah game. like hey this guy's really athletic well why wasn't he that good because there's always the disconnect like hey yeah. This guy's really good, but not that athletic. Or this guy's super athletic, but he hasn't really mm-hmm. been that great. Produce as much. And so you, sometimes you get, um, you, you get the old oh gosh, what's his name from uh, Seattle, uh, the receiver, uh, Metcalf. D- Metcalf. DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. Who like terribly, right? He, oh no, he tested really he well. He had tested the four yeah. points. Yeah. yeah, they ran the f- and real he's like four hundred pounds. He looks like yeah. freaking yeah. create a player. Yeah. But then you're like. Well, I don't really remember this guy at Ole Miss just dominating the world. Mm-hmm. Like, we had some injuries, this and that. Well, okay, there's been a lot of good in the NFL. So you try to find that and then balance it with, you know, a guy like, you know, for Ohio State fans like a Vernon Golston. It's like, man, he checks every box physically, had one really great year. Mm-hmm. You know, does the guy love football? Well, maybe, maybe not, but he's really You can't teach everything that he has. Yeah. Like, you know, so we're going to take him top five. And so you, <laughs> you try to balance that. And that's what's really hard for these general managers. It's like, okay, well – this guy, Logan Wilson for Cincinnati. Yeah, he went in the third round. You know, really good college player, like athletically close. He's strong sp- program. Strong program, smaller school. Bronze boot winner. Multiple Bron- time. Multiple time. Multi-bronze boot winner. Runner-up for up. golden boot as well. Strong hometown. Strong hometown. <laughs> but the balance that, like, Please okay, this guy played really – he's played really well for mm-hmm. the Bengals. And so you're trying to, like, figure that out as opposed to a guy who gets there and, like, okay, good college career, but then – his athleticism, lack of athleticism is then exposed at the next level as opposed to never – because I've heard guys like, well, I've never been fast, so how's that going to impact me here? And it's like, well, when the speed gets to a certain level, it may be too much to overcome. But for some guys, it, it never gets to that point. I look at two guys that just pop off from the combine from past Devin Bush and yeah. Jar- Jarvis Jones, two linebackers, pretty good in college, but when they were in coverage, they were terrible. They couldn't cover anything. They go to the combine, they test really well. They get drafted in the first round at linebacker. And when they get to the NFL, they're like, oh, well, he's a liability in coverage. Well, really? Yeah. I, I, I could have told you that based on what I saw on the film, but you get to the combine and they test well. Because well, I haven't looks coached so them. That's, that's all the coaches. Yeah, yeah. I haven't coached yeah. I'm going to take all that speed and athletic ability, and I'm going to coach them to where I to want be. them to be. Like, and they, they almost don't pay the attention team. to the yeah. film and what's out there. But sometimes the reality is the guy's just – 
that's a deficiency. They're just not that great at it. So, But when you have a guy who you're not sure on, and then you're like, man, you look back, injury this year. All right, well, he had a good year this year, but, you know, maybe bug, you banged up a little bit. And then, you know, th they worry about that kind of stuff yeah. because they're going to pay these people a lot of money to come in, and they want somebody that they could rely on, even though I know injuries are just freak accident. I mean, it's, it is what it is. But Well, it's not, and I would say this, wrapping it like the as far as just putting a bow on this whole deal. Um General managers will generally lean on guys who have better attributes as far as physical traits. Coaches will lean on film a little bit more. And it's easier for the GM to take a guy who checks the 40 box, checks yeah. the size box, checks all this, because at the end of it, they're like, well, yeah. our coaches just aren't coaching a long <clears> enough. <throat> well, he can come back and say, look we, at all this good we, information. We I made a sound of. decision based yes. on this. Based yes. on this, yes. but the reality is, it's like, okay, you gave me a car with a lot of great parts and no steering wheel. So mm -hmm. what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah, it goes fast. It's got this engine. It's got all this stuff. But you ultimately need someone to be able to drive this thing and to be able to handle it. Yeah. Logan Wilson is a just a great example, though, Bob. Chad Muma is going to do that same thing. Oh, Jason oh. Momoa? Chad Muma. Remember the name? Muma. Remember the name. Chad Remember Muma. the name Muma. Write it down. Chad. Um, what do you think they will do come April in this Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson debate? Which one would you take? I, Gosh. <laughs> I honestly think it's – it's, it's I'll give Nicole's down. pick since she's not here. <clears throat> yeah, it's Olave. Chris Olave. <laughs> yeah. Based off his smile. I, I, like, I look at them and they're different players. It just depends a lot of it on what you need <clears throat> at a receiver. Yeah. Like, Olave, and I know that you were hammering it this morning, Chives. Like, he's a better top-of-the-route runner. It's not that he can't do other stuff, but he's elite down the field. Other stuff he's good at. Garrett Wilson's great with the ball in his hand. He's great. Uh, high-pointing stuff and going and doing that. Well, if you have a guy that does that, but you need someone to more take the top off the defense, okay, well, you might lean that way. Well, if you have a guy who's really fast, like Garrett Wilson, I think would pair great with D.K. Metcalf. D.K. Metcalf can just run clears all day and do all this other stuff, and you're going to go deep, but Garrett Wilson can Him eat guys up. Yeah. He will work them over the middle. Right. Well, you're not putting D.K. Metcalf to do that. He can't. He's a start and stop isn't there. And so it just depends on what you need of, like, what you value at that specific mm -hmm. position. And it's not me saying that, oh, yeah. that that Chris Olave can't run the other stuff. It's just he does – everybody's going <laughs> to do something better than something else yeah. you know, unless you're just a, a, a freakazoid. You look at the teams that, like, need wide receiver. I just take one that comes to my mind. I don't know why, but the Raiders. They have Hunter Renfro in the slot. They have Zay yeah. Jones in the slot. Pretty good. So, like, they wouldn't – particularly need a Garrett Wilson type. What do you need in that system? Probably Chris Olave. You look at the Chargers, who have Mike Williams and uh, For now. Keenan Allen, or, you know, what, what do they need? They probably need Chris Olave. They also have KJ. They need to play KJ Hill. Yeah, they talk yeah, about KJ. Yeah. Whereas the Browns, they probably yes. need Garrett Speaking Wilson because he can do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's maybe not. Was, with the Browns, I was saying either these two guys or J-Mo. And I'd be happy with either like e either of those three. And then there are some teams that I look at, and it's like, okay, maybe Traylon Burks from Arkansas makes more sense. But like, with it comes to just the two Ohio State wide receivers, it's all going to be about fit and who your yeah. quarterback is. Hey, they're they're both great players. Whoever gets drafted first, it doesn't necessarily matter. It's that they fit better for that team, like you're talking about. And I don't think I don't think you can go wrong with either of those guys. In my in my opinion, if the Browns were to get either of those two, that's Taking a it. slam dunk. I'm happy with that all day long. Well, I think that we know from the other side that the Bengals need to take one of those offensive linemen at some point, or maybe several. We'll see uh, as, <laughs> several. as things get heated up. The NFL Combine is this week. Ohio State basketball ramping up, heading into March. February is over. But we're going to be sticking around as much as we can here in the Letterman Lounge. We appreciate Nicole Cox and Roosters for having us out. 
uh, for another fun, casual chat at a fun, casual joint. Come in on Tuesday. It's Mac and Cheese Mac and Bites. Cheese Bites. Get them. $2 on Appetizer Tuesday. That's Jay-Z, Bob, Spencer. I am Austin Ward. We'll see you next time on Letterman Live.